It is 1.35 and it is time for Tuesday and we're checking in with our food and drink reporter Andrew Dambina who joins us on the line right now. Andrew, how are you? Karen, I'm well, thanks. How are you doing? Very good, very good. So tell us, what's been happening in your world this week? Well, okay, we're, we're coming up to the festive time of the year and uh, while it's not quite... Um, you know, Christmas time yet. There was a report just yesterday from the BBC that Christmas treats are coming under threat. Oh. And uh, the treats, yeah, the treats that they're referring to are specific carnivorous ones. Um, and the story follows a warning from the uh, British Meat Processors Association. So the scare is on and it's, it's UK specific. Okay. And this re- yeah, this this refers largely to pre-packaged uh, delicacies, if you would call them that, such as pigs in blankets, as well as other festive poultry treats. Are you aware of pigs in blankets? I, pigs in blankets are the sausages wrapped in what? Uh, wrapped in bacon. Wrapped in and bacon. Then, and then, that's right. Yeah, and then either grilled or baked. It's not really the most PC of terms by today's standards, is it? Pigs in blankets. No, it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit, a little bit eighteenth century. Uh, it, it is a bit, not that respectful, really. But but, <laughs> but under, uh, under threat from who? Well, um, the the association, that's the British Meat Packers Association, says sixty percent of the labour force in. UK meat plants come from countries that are actually outside of the UK and the industry is not attracting enough seasonal um, workers who come mostly from Europe. Now, I don't want to get uh, political in my Tuesday report here, Karen, but mm-hmm. I have to ask, could this be the fear of Brexit, I wonder, yes. which was supposed to be going through? <laughs> right. Yes, Brexit will affect your Christmas dinner. Well, that's. I mean, it, it seems like that some of the uh, the non UK labour force, because they can't get enough UK uh, workers who are willing to do this meat packaging type of work, are um, are not signing up, and there is a scarcity of them. So the CEO of uh, the uh, the Meat Packers uh, Processors Association, Nick Allen, explained uh, in an interview that the uh, process of wrapping cocktail sausages in bacon done by hand was too fiddly and very hard to mechanize and we just can't get the workers from the uk so it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a worry i'm sure there are lots of furrowed brows by those planning their christmas dinners in the uk right right now oh no the, uh, yeah and it, it, it extends a bit beyond that as well the british poultry council uh, warned that finding uh, sufficient labor is becoming a huge challenge for them in the poultry meat sector as well um and they do feel that uh, workers are see- seeking jobs in other countries other than the UK that might have been helping them out with the poultry, turkey and the likes as well. Mm. Andy, just so you know, your sound is going in and out a little bit. Maybe you have to speak right into your phone microphone. But apart from big pigs in sure. blankets, what, what other treats are under threat? Well, so it was turkey and... Uh, goose and other uh, other high quality uh, duck um, uh, and other other sorts of poultry that will be packaged in time for Christmas. So that's that that was it really. The Poultry Council and the Meat Packers Association noticing the scarcity of people that can help them ready the amount of treats that are that are beyond the normal type of poultry or sausages that people would normally be eating. Oh. So, so people that's a, that, that's a, People have to learn to make them themselves then. 
I know, I know. I mean, to be honest, I, uh, I apart from one very famous um, kind of upscale um, supermarket or department store uh, that has that has outlets in Hong Kong, I didn't Wonder know that which you could get these. <laughs> <laughs> Can you, it's a British one. Starts with an M, uh, ends with an S. <laughs> yeah, the first word does. Yes, yeah. but you know we can't mention on radio. No, 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 no. But uh, yeah, so so that remains to be seen whether that pans out. Um, and um, if I may, Karen, I'll move on to the next. Yes, topic, please which, do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, uh, something else that I came across um, in the last few days is uh, the question of whether the food of the future is eating insects. And this was on CNN.com. I don't know if you've heard much about this. It has been mentioned occasionally. Yes, I uh, actually, a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed this lady who was running the Foods Future Summit, and that was one of the discussions, Ah. you know, insect protein. Okay. Well, it's being it, it is being played up then, and you would have heard about that then. Sorry if I'm overlapping that a bit, but um, the, uh, the the vision that was put forward by CNN.com was imagining this scenario: on a morning in the not too distant future, you might toast bread made with cricket flour, drink a protein smoothie made from locust powder, uh, eat scrambled egg made extra creamy with a fat from caterpillars, with a side bacon so bacon made from reconstituted um mealworm <laughs> and um the meal that meal would give four times the iron content content and the same amount of protein and more vitamins and minerals than bread smoothie eggs and bacon that you would normally eat today while help being environmentally conscious right well you know would, uh, what do you, what do you think would you would you would you eat and drink all those things um yeah i mean i i'm i'm certainly game for for trying different types of ingredients and have done over the years. I certainly would give that a go, especially if it's been, um, you know, in a sterile environment made into flour and sort of purposed as uh, as eggs or, or into bacon. You know, if you have faith in anything that is processed at all, then, um, then I don't see why, um, you know, powdered, nutritious bugs or insects couldn't um, um, be, be, be eaten. And there is a lot to be said for them. How about yourself? Would yeah. you be game yeah. to try that? I'm, I'm on the same page as you. I think as long as you're not eating the insects in their original form, where you can see legs and <laughs> yeah. antennae and faces, yeah. then that's yeah. probably okay. I think the thing that people usually think of is, I'm going to be picking up grasshoppers in their grasshopper-like yeah. form and just putting them in my right. mouth. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's very true. I remember my first visit ever to, um, to Thailand um, decades ago and seeing that one street snack was a really, really large kind of beetle-like bug. I mean, enormous, probably about, I don't know, eight to ten centimetres long on a skewer. And, um, and it was interesting also seeing, I think it was a Friday or Saturday night, that there were, it was around a kind of, um, a, a sort of an okay area of department stores and shops. And it was just a street vendor selling these. And there were people, I remember particularly females, um, who who were elegantly eating, you know, with a raised um, little pinky finger, eating these things, you know, quite, uh, you know, in, in quite a... Uh, a sort of polite fashion um uh while, while they were these, these, these sort of crinkles legs and uh, 
on sort of blue black cells um reflecting in the neon lights of the night I, i'm not i'm not sure i'd be game for that no i think there's there's just something about the creepy crawliness of of insects that you you just can't think of putting them in your mouth with all those mm. legs and all those antennae and and they're kind of sharp you know they're not soft well i mean yeah. i suppose caterpillars and worms are soft but you know it's yeah. i don't know i think it just gives you the creeps a little bit well, I mean, um, I, I suppose you could extend that. We're going off topic by me saying this, but um, but but I mean that that probably applies to some people in uh, seeing whole, um, say, uh, either seafood or meat True. products in their whole form, or whether it's prepackaged in a kind of easy on the eye. Yeah, kind of I guess way. so. I mean, I mean, if chicken feet are acceptable, then why not, you know, yeah. beetles? It's, I, I suppose it's a, a lot, it's very cultural as well. Right, right. Something, something else to bear in mind, actually, from this report uh, from CNN was that um, it went on to say that if you eat, if a person eats chocolate, pizza, uh, or spaghetti, you're already eating insects and other things. Okay. The, the, so, so according to uh, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Um, uh, it, a body in America that that that, um, that monitors content of uh, of what is in uh, randomly selected items of food products. Um, they allow thirty or more insect parts and some rodent hair for every bar of chocolate. What they allow? Yeah, I'll just, there's a couple of really outrageous ones. Yeah, it's really surprising. Nearly two maggots are allowed. Um, in a 16-ounce can of tomatoes or pizza sauce. Oh, that's disgusting. Um, and here's a really surprising one. Uh, up to 450 insect parts and nine rodent hairs um, are allowed in every 16-ounce, that's 450-gram, box of spaghetti. <laughs> so i just read that last one again. 450 insect parts and nine rodent hairs are allowed in every 16-ounce or... 450 gram box of spaghetti. Okay. And I, I mean, I, <laughs> I I'd it, imagine, yeah. I find it very I mean, hard this to is, believe. This is, this is, I mean, that's, that, that is, um, you know, according to uh, uh, US Food and Drug Administration allowance. I don't know if it applies to other um, bodies that monitor food and hygiene. I, um, is someone counting rodent hairs in quality control? <laughs> I, I, I guess over a period of time they've done their surveys. And uh, and experiments and found and found those staggering figures to be acceptable. That is so, uh, amazing. It, it is. Um, so so the the article by stating this, you know, on CNN um, last week was was of course implying that if we're all fine despite those surprising statistics or hidden ghastly things in our food, why not eat insects deliberately? Um, that as we you know alluded to before would be um, uh, you know if sold would be. Um, or, or a lot of customers new to insects eating would be only wanting them from hygienically prepared, um, say, companies that were that were producing and selling them. Um, but Fair but enough. but of course, there's much more to it than, uh, than, than what we've mentioned so far. Um, I, I, maybe you touched on this, or maybe you went into it deeply with the person that you mentioned before about the fact that bugs or insects are really good for. You mentioned protein, and um, it's um, there. There is there is uh, that aspect to it, along with um, vitamins and minerals, which are also present in, uh, in 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 a lot more amounts than in the um, 
items that we're used to eating. I mean, um, crickets, for example, um, which uh, need um, a, a lot less uh, feed than cattle, mm. um, can, can often give a complete protein, which is just like meat, fish, dairy or eggs. So the protein is there and it also provides um, a high vitamin and mineral content. Yeah. And the mealworms that we that we just sort of touched on for the uh, the imaginary breakfast um, with with mealworm bacon, mm-hmm. they're actually more healthy. That would be no surprise. More more healthy than regular bacon. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, the mealworms have a higher saturated um, omega three level than fish even, and it has the same protein, vitamin, and mineral content as fish. Whereas bacon, you know, is pretty pretty lacking. Yes. In, uh, well, I guess it's just a matter of time before all this becomes pretty normal in the grocery store. That's the way. Uh, that's the way it's being seen or, or, or put forward in this in this article. Yeah, and, and it's a growing market. Um, according to Global Market Insights, uh, market research company, the U.S. edible insect market topped um, fifty-five million U.S. dollars in two thousand and seventeen. Um, already, you know, that's that's, that's uh, nearly two years ago. That's 431 million Hong Kong dollars, and it's expected to grow to uh, to nearly 80 million US dollars a year in sales of insect uh, food products by 2024. Europe is on track to do the same, and the Asia-Pacific region that we're in is expected to eat, uh, in US dollar terms, 270 million dollars worth of insects um, uh, annually by the year 20. 25. Wow. Amazing. So, so yeah. Okay. These, these, these things. Do you have, can we Sorry. eat something else now before we start eating insects? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't, I didn't ask you. I should have asked you if you'd had lunch already. I'm sorry if I've uh, either put you off one if you're going to have one later. Um, so we're coming up to uh, Halloween and um, uh, I spotted uh, an interesting recipe for UK, in a UK publication last week. And it's uh, using, of course, the most popular uh, ingredient of the, in the whole of Halloween, pumpkin. Uh-huh. And it's, uh, it's pumpkin wonton tortellini um, in porcini soup. Um, now, um, do, you, do you know what a tortellini is? Karen? I know it's, a, it's I mean, gonna, the like, pillow-shaped round yeah. pasta, right, with a filling inside. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a bit like um, for for the listener who doesn't know what it is. It's, think of a ravioli or a one-ton dumpling. Um, so a parcel with with uh, of, of of pasta, um, like an envelope with a filling, and the two corners, if it was a ravioli, would be stretched to meet each other. And like you said there, Karen, it sort of looks a bit like a ring or a circle. Um, now um, the recipe that I that I saw mentions um, porcini soup. Now, if you've got kids, if the listener has kids that are a bit younger, you can substitute this because a dark uh, porcini broth, which is recommended here, uh, might not be uh, that kid-friendly, so it can be substituted with um, uh, with a beetroot soup, I'd mm. recommend, a beetroot, because that will be in the spirit of Halloween. Oh, bloody, Red right? Color. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, and, and, the, and the way this is suggested, um, it's, it's pumpkin one tongue tortellini uh in in a soup um it, it, it's so that you can use one ton skins if uh, you know if you like making pasta that's one thing but making it from scratch is a bit of a drag especially if you don't have a pasta machine to yes, help you yes yes so 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 you can get the frozen 
or refrigerated one-ton skins. Mm. And um, and if you're carving pumpkins as a decoration or not, um, mm. you can just use this flesh. So it's a nice sustainable idea too um, to use that uh, for the filling, uh, as well as um, the the pumpkin. Or you can use squash for this recipe. Um, the other additions are. Uh, in the original recipe, smoked ricotta. Now, that might be a bit hard to get here in Hong Kong, but a normal ricotta will do. Um, or for more of a kick, um, a, a blue soft cheese, gorgonzola, or goat's cheese. Mm. Um, and, it, and, and you can also do these without a soup, which can be served as steamed dumplings um, with a bit of melted butter, the recipe suggested, uh, and a sprinkling of uh, toasted hazelnuts. Again, those might not be that easy to get, so I, I reckon toasted pine nuts might do as well. Mm. Um, and so to serve four people, I'm not going to go through all the quantities, but basically it all boils down to um, the one-ton skins, of course, uh, pumpkin or squash, olive oil, and either fresh thyme or dried thyme, cinnamon, and ground nutmeg, just small uh, amounts of each, about one teaspoon of each, the zest of a lemon, uh, and one of those soft cheeses that I mentioned, ricotta, or the others, gorgonzola or goat's cheese. Um, if you do want to make the broth, that's really easy. It's just olive oil, spring onions, and either a vegetable or chicken stock, and a little dash of sherry or other uh, not-too-strong alcohol, and dried porcini mushrooms, uh, and a teaspoon of honey. Mm. Um, and um, so the the way to cook the inside of the tortellini is to heat an oven to 20, uh, sorry, 200 degrees centigrade, mm -hmm. chop up the pumpkin or squash, get rid of the seeds, uh, put it on a tray, that's the chopped pumpkin or squash, drizzle with olive oil, scatter over the fresh or dried vegetables, and roast for 30 to 40 minutes until it's soft, and then scrape off, put it into a bowl, mix in cinnamon, nutmeg, lemon zest, and then season with salt and pepper to taste. And then you arrange your one-ton wrappers in front of you and you add a teaspoon of that mixture um, at the centre of each wrapper and then put a little splodge of ricotta or the other cheese mentioned on top, pinch the sides together um, to make a, a, uh, an envelope and then put two of those corners together to make a, a ring or a circle and then dust a tray with flour and, um, and put each parcel on top of that while you make your soup. So mm. make the soup, um, which could be... Basically, people can just go to a quick, fine soup. I would suggest the, uh, that the beetroot broth might be a nice, dramatic one with the yellow coming through the one-ton skins a bit. It'll look pretty cool. Right. Um, or, just, or just steam them. And, um, and this is something which, uh, which I think... If I don't try it this Halloween, I'm going to try it anyway during this winter period because it sounds pretty good. Yeah, it sounds good. It sounds really colourful as well. It does. Yeah. It does. And, to, and, and and basically, just to cook those wraps up little dumplings there, you just need to uh, uh, bring a pan of salted water to the boil, drop them in, and just simmer for three to four minutes. So really easy. Really, so, really easy. It sounds fantastic. So people can get ready for Thursday night. Exactly. Yeah. I think it'll be a real winner if you make that for Thursday night. Exactly. Um, or, 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 or at any other time over this, uh, what will hopefully be a cool season. It's already cooling a bit. Yeah. Well, Andrew, thanks so much for joining us today with all those interesting stories. And we'll be thinking about the um, insects and the <laughs> lack of pigs in blankets this Christmas in the UK. I know. Don't cry too much. I won't. <laughs> thanks again. Okay. Thanks, I'll speak Karen. to you next week. Bye. Yeah.
And that was Andrew Dambina, our Tuesday food and drink reporter, with an update on what's happening in the world of food.